630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. So the Oilers have beaten the Ottawa Senators 4-2. Leon Dreisaitl with the hat trick, a spectacular goal to lead the way. Connor McDavid with a goal and three assists. So the Oilers bumped their record up to 24-14-2. Just one other NHL game currently in action. The Canadians and the Maple Leafs 1-1 with about five and a half minutes to go in the second period. The goals in this game came early. Austin Matthews is 28th, 54 seconds into the game. And then at 2.15 of the first, Corey Perry got his eighth. Golden Knights and Blues start in a few minutes, as do the Avalanche and the Wild. In about an hour, it's the Coyotes taking on the Kings. The Botcher Rink representing Canada at Worlds lost 8-7 in 11 to the uh, Russian Curling Federation this afternoon uh, in Calgary. So the Botcher Rink now at 7-3. and three. And the trade in the National Hockey League, uh, National Hockey League uh, pretty significant one, pretty significant one. It is the New York Islanders who are definitely going for it this year. Got a really good-looking team. They get Kyle Palmieri and Travis Zajac from the New Jersey Devils giving up their first rounder this summer, a conditional fourth rounder in 2022 and forwards, AJ Greer and Mason Jobst. Uh, Greer is 24. He was a second round pick of the avalanche in 2015. He's only played 37 NHL games and Mason Jobst 27 has never played an NHL game. So uh, really a couple minor leaguers are the other players involved in that deal. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. It is inside sports on six 30 Chet following overtime open line and the Oilers victory. You can get us on the certainty hotline seven, eight, zero, four, nine, six, zero, zero, six, three certainty professional grade building materials. We have Robert standing by Robert. It is uh, nice to hear from you. How are you doing? Good Reed. How are you doing? Doing well, doing well. Go ahead. Uh, I mean, you know what? I think uh, honestly tonight. I mean, I mean that. Uh, I want to start with that. Uh, uh, that first goal by or that second goal by Drysaddle. I mean, I mean, I, 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 I mean, like I wouldn't. When I saw that go in, my my reaction was just like, like, are you kidding me? Like how? I mean, like, <laughs> I, I mean, I mean, like, you know, I, I mean, like, there's, I mean, like, there's no. There's no words for that. I mean, I, I mean, like, I mean, like, you, you could try that. You could, you could try that a hundred times, and maybe on a on a goalie, and maybe between 95 and 99 times out of 100, that wouldn't go in. But yeah, so just an incredible goal. I mean, look, the I'll, I'll tell you this, Robert. The the goal of the year for the Oilers to this point was the McDavid rush against Toronto. I would actually put this goal above that. That's how good it was. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, I mean, yeah, so would I. But I mean, I guess I, I want to add a, I want to add a couple more points. You know, it's like, cause, you know, like I've uh, I've called in before, and I and I and, I, and I've asked about Staylock and you know, and whether or not, you know, I know and whether or not he should play. But I mean, you know what, Koskinen. I mean, Kos, I mean, you know, like, I mean, like he's a, he's been. Well, because uh, I, 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 you were saying his numbers since Smith came back, his save percentage was is over over ninety three, is it not? I think so. But uh, well, it would have dipped. Uh, yeah, I think it's in the nine twenties now because it would have dipped after last week's game against the Canadians. But it's it's quite good. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, yeah. So I mean, you know, I don't I don't want to be the guy that's you know that's uh, that uh, you know the crap's all over him because uh, because I mean you know he's he has a, he has become a decent backup now. That being said, all I mean, I, I, 
I mean, I think it's obvious at this point that uh, that Smith will start the next two. But I mean, uh, but I'm, uh, but you know, I I w- I wonder about Caleb Jones too on D. I mean, you know, do you think do you like do you wonder? Do you often wonder like like why he why he uh, you know like why he's in there sometimes? I mean, like I thought. Yeah, and even I think it's uh-huh. because. Sorry, I, I think it's because they want a different dimension than Lagason. I, I think Jones has the skating and the puck moving, and I think Lagason has the shot blocking and the grit. And you, you wish you had it all in one guy, but they don't have it. And, and it seems when one guy cools off a little bit or they lose a couple of games, that's the swap they're making right now. I wonder what's going to happen with Jones. I, 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 they, at, at this point, I wonder if they're a little more committed to Lagason because Jones hasn't been able to move forward quite as, uh, as well as they thought this season. And, you know, they haven't waived Lagason at all. They've never moved him onto the taxi squad. So I think that they were, were worried that if they waived him, um, you know, he, he would get picked up. It's going to be interesting to see how it plays out on the Oilers' defense next year. You know, Chris Russell's back. We don't know about Clefbaum. Nurse is clearly going to be there. They still, they still don't really have a good left shot guy for the second pair. And Jones, I don't think, has taken enough of a step forward, or maybe any of a step forward this year, to kind of become that guy. So that's that's how I see it with him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, like that's. I think that's a fair point. But I mean, but now I mean, like I also wonder about guys like Bouchard, you know. And, and I've and, I, and I've I've asked this before, you know. And Rob, you know, and Rob said that you know Bouchard because he's only getting ten minutes a night if he's lucky when he plays. That's what, that's why he's not in and bears in. But I mean, I want I want to comment about one play specifically, and this will be my final point: is that that one play specifically tonight. Bear has the puck just outside our blue line. I believe it's in the second period, and he just and he 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 just chucks it into the middle, and a, a huge turnover turns into a scoring chance for Ottawa. I mean, you know, like that's what the the, the, the that's like. I wonder, like, wh- I mean, like I I know Bouchard. He's he's not he he doesn't have the experience. I know that, but I mean, you know, I I, I often wonder. I often wonder is that would would Bouchard have made a have made a smarter play there? I mean, it, it's easy to guess, but uh, I, I guess I'm wondering what you think. But I'll I'll leave it at that, Reed. Sorry, uh, who who made the who gave the puck away? It was Bear. I don't know if you. Oh. Yeah, it was like there was big. It was was that uh, in the in the uh, in the the second period there. Bear has the puck along the boards and he just chucks it into the middle and turns into like a like a mini two on one for Ottawa. So, yeah. I mean, like, they, I, so, so yeah. I mean, like, I, 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 I just wonder if, if maybe a guy like Bouchard would be a bit more poised in that situation. It's e- e- easy for me to guess that. But anyway, I'll, I'll let you, I'll, uh, okay. I'll let you go, Reed. So, thank thanks. you, Robert. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't. Who would have made what play in what situation? I don't know. Here, here's the thing. This, it's been tough for Bouchard that he hasn't been playing, and that. You know that could be wind wind up being one of the the negatives for this season is that we didn't get to see Bouchard in game action nearly enough, and he wasn't on the farm, so didn't play there and didn't go back and forth because of the quarantine and the border issue. All fair, I think with Ethan Bear, I, I really think they're giving him a chance to get back up to form, and I actually think the last three or four games have been better for Ethan Bear. He got hit by the puck while he was on the bench that game against Toronto he missed about three three and a half weeks 
and I think they want to give him a chance as that third pairing guy behind Barry and Larson to get his game back because I think we saw last year what he can do and I think that they're they're fairly invested in Bear at this point. I get it about Bouchard. There's been times I've been thinking, just put the young man in. He can pass the puck. He can shoot the puck. He can move the puck. I don't think they have as much trust with him in the defensive end. I I still hope he plays, but I think at this point we're far enough into the season that we know that Evan Bouchard is probably not going to play a ton or a lot of games in a row if he does get a chance. 780-496-0063 780-496-0063 if you want to chime in. Let's go back to Ottawa. We have some post-game here from Connor McDavid. Yeah, hey, Connor. Um, I think just wanted to start with Leon's goal there. That's not a spot that you know guys shoot from a lot. How hard is it to hit that spot the way he did and how impressive is that? Yeah, that was obviously a, a shot that only a few guys in the world can make, and he's one of them. Um, you know, it's something that... Um, you know, he, he likes shooting from there. I think uh, he scored a few times from there. Uh, you know, a goal against Nashville comes to mind uh, from last year. So, um, you know, he's uh, he's deadly from uh, from a lot of a lot of areas on the ice, and and that's uh, just happens to be one of them. They put up a good fight. I mean, you guys have beaten them you know, consistently, <laughs> but they they're not making it easy. Do you like the way your group kind of stuck with it? And even though they came back, you you still found it. Um, yeah, I mean they're. They're a feisty group. Um, you know, they've been battling all season long, and and uh, you know they, uh, they they compete hard. They um, they work hard. They they, uh, they they make it hard on you for sure. So um, you know, I liked. Uh, I really liked our start. I thought our first period was great. Didn't like our second period much. Um, yeah, but we found a way to to come out with the lead, and you know, giving an, giving up another third period goal is is something that uh, I don't think we like very much as a group, but. Always finding a way to, to, to stick with it, uh, you know, and, and, and get a win is uh, is always important. Get on your bowling athletic. Connor, I asked this to Leon, but your line was really kind of going there uh, for, for a lot of the game. And yes, you know, it's 2 2 with humans left. Um, was there a sense of kind of uh, frustration or, or a little bit of concern heading down the stretch, or did you guys feel like you're really primed to, to get, get the winner there? I don't think there was concern. I think, um, you know, everyone did a good job of just kind of sticking with it. You know, they're they're uh, they're a good team. They're they're a feisty team. They uh, um, you know, they work hard and they throw a lot of pucks at the net. So, you know, some nights, uh, um, you know, I mean, they've given us a, a good fight, uh, you know, a lot of the time. So, um, you know, I thought uh, as a group we did a good job of sticking with it. You touched on this in an earlier question, but you know, you train with a lot of high end. Uh, NHLers, uh, you know a lot of high-end NHLers. You obviously are one. Uh, can you just kind of explain or elaborate a little bit of how hard it is to make that shot? That, that's the second goal from Leon, and, and maybe who else could, could uh, actually make that uh, shot from there? <clears throat> yeah, I mean, there's some 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 great goal scorers around the league. Um, you know, he's uh, he's right up at the top uh, top probably two. I think uh, you know the I think Ovechkin and 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 him. I think. Uh, are two of the the most deadly uh, shooters we have around uh, around the league, and um, you know, for him to, to make a shot like that, I mean, it was a big goal for us. Um, you know, but I think uh, you know his feet might have been even behind the goal line. So um, for him to put it uh, in that spot from there is uh, it's impressive. Perry Jones, Post Media. Uh, Connor, can you uh, 
Well, I think, uh, you know, we had him in Edmonton there for a week and we played him three times and Leo and I were on the same line and, and uh, you know, it seemed like they had uh, some troubles with that. Um, you know, other teams are are more prepared for it than, than others and, and uh, for whatever reason it seems to work against these guys. So, um, you know, we just have to be flexible. I think, uh, you know, there's some nights we're going to play together, there's others where we're not and, uh, you know, we have to find a way to produce uh, either way. Somebody picking up the paper in the morning, I'm looking at the summary with the, going to come with the conclusion that Edmonton just collected, quote unquote, another win in Ottawa and uh, yada, yada, yada. Uh, obviously, watching the game, that wasn't the case. Uh, uh, no. And, and really well against other teams. Uh, I mean, they've, they've won like four and five games against some of these teams. Yeah, no, I, I, I mean they're 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 uh, they put up a huge fight. I think, uh, um, you know, for whatever reason, we've had their number this year. Um, you know, they've they've beaten some really good teams. I think they've beaten, you know, uh, they've beaten Montreal a couple times. They've beaten Toronto a couple times. Uh, you know, Calgary. So, you know, they uh, they're a good team. They know how to 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 make it hard on guys and and. Uh, um, you know, but I thought uh, our, our group uh, just did uh, did enough to win. All right, a little bit there from Connor McDavid gets the game winner. Drysaddle gets the other three. The Oilers take down the Senators four two. You can get us at seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. By the way, uh, Botcher back on the ice uh, against Sweden tonight at World Curling. We'll keep you updated there. Inside Sports on six thirty. Chad back in a couple minutes. Okay, Oilers beat the Senators 4-2. Got a couple of folks on hold here, starting with Sean. Hey, Sean, you're on with Reed. Thanks a lot for calling, man. Go ahead. Thank you, Reed. The thing I want to say is I called in about two months ago when uh, we heard all about the uh, with the little prize package of one. So you can put me back to the to the operator after that. But the uh, question I have for Rob tonight is, is Rob there? No, he was done at 7. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to disappoint you. That's okay. No, <laughs> I'll just ask you then. Uh, I know Cassian hasn't been playing up to snuff. I'm just wondering if uh, if the coach can't get through to him, would uh, would or could a word from McDavid or some other player get him to uh, play to his potential? That probably is a better question for Rob about how players relate right. to each other. I, I don't right. know if I don't know if if they would need to go that far at, the, at this time, where yeah. a captain or somebody would pull him aside and and uh, and, and ream him out a little bit. But yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's not having a he's not having a huge year, and he and he missed a lot of time with the broken hand too. That was Sean. We also have Douglas on the line. Douglas, go ahead, buddy. Hey, how you doing, Reed? Good, hey, good. Great, list, great listen to your game tonight, and uh, glad the Oilers came back, of course. And uh, I keep uh, thinking about uh, 1988 because someone was relating to Gretzky's goal back then, 
and I was at that game, uh, fortunately, because a good friend of mine uh, from the U of A, he had season tickets. He was from Calgary, so I went to the game with him with my Oilers jersey on, of course. Uh, didn't last long in the stands because there was beer and bubble gum and everything uh, poured all over me. So uh, the uh, security people came down and kicked us out. But they kicked us up to the Olympic Lounge back then, I think it was. Okay. And and that's, there was a lot of, there was a couple other Oilers fans up there too. The only ones in the house. So we watched the goal right from there, and that was the best the best game I've ever seen. Best goal ever. Yeah, we had uh, Randy Gregg I had on one of the features we have on the face-off show. That's probably what you heard, eh? Yeah, that's that was an epic goal for sure. Oh, that was a great story from Douglas. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, Oilers win 4-2. We'll uh, keep chatting about the game. We'll also update World Curling. A three-time world champ, David Nedowin, is going to join us before 8 as well. Thanks for listening. feel bad sean called in and had a question for rob brown rob's already done for the evening hopefully sean will call back and ask rob his question because as usual i let everybody down thanks a lot for tuning in tonight the oilers won this afternoon 4-2 over the uh, ottawa senators 8-0 against the senators this season they'll try to make it nine for nine tomorrow 330 face-off show Game at five. The updated standings in the north, and I'm again. I'm going to go by points percentage. The uh, Leafs are at seven oh five, Winnipeg at six twenty eight, Edmonton at six twenty five, and Montreal at six fourteen. Now Toronto and Montreal are playing each other right now, and it's one one thirty seconds into the third period. So I'll keep you updated there. Also, St. Louis leading the Golden Knights two nothing with five minutes left in the first. And the Wild up one nothing on uh, the Avalanche about halfway through the first. For the Blues, by the way, um, Hoffman and Bortuzzo held out of the game as they possibly might be traded. And Palmieri and Zajac go from the Devils to the Islanders for a first-round pick, a conditional fourth, and a couple of players in the minors. So Domino is starting to fall as we move toward the trade deadline Monday at 1. We'll have special coverage on 6.30 Shed starting at 11 with Bob Stoffer as uh, we will let you know what's going on around the league and if the Oilers do anything significant. The Oilers do have a game on the schedule for that night against Vancouver. That's not going to happen with the Canucks COVID situation. We'll see if they have another opponent or games moved around or uh, maybe no games at all next week. World Curling, Botcher representing Team Canada, scoreless uh, with Sweden, Actually, I got to flip over to TSN to make sure that's still current because I'm getting stuff off the website. As we have a three-time world champion, no Canada got one. They're up one nothing on Sweden in the second. Three-time world curly chap David Nedowin is on the line. David, it's been too long since we've had you on the show, buddy. How are you doing? I'm doing well, Reed. Yeah, good. Good to talk to you too. It's uh, it's always great to you know just chat curling a little bit. I uh, I enjoy it. I I, I find that um, I don't know what it is. Curlers are generally good interviews. So I don't know if that speaks to the 
intelligence of uh, curling athletes or just that you have to be very articulate when you're making calls during a game? I don't know. Something's there. Well, we'll stick with the intelligent. Uh, also, you know, it's, it's been known to be a social sport, right? So it's it's still one of those games that after the game's over, you go and you probably sit down and often hang out with the, the people you might have played against. So it's a very social sport, too. Lots of talking going on. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, how how was your uh, how was this winter like for you? Like, I know you're you're still involved heavily in the sport, but massive changes for everybody. What how were you able to take part, if at all? Well, for me, curling now is more or less coaching my daughter Alyssa and uh, playing some mixed doubles events with her. Um, and that and then obviously that was cut short this year, just because of the same reason everybody else did. Heather uh, Heather, of course, is she runs the Short Park Curling Club. So she was probably the busiest of all of us trying to figure all that out when the guidelines, what they are today, what they're going to be tomorrow, how that changes everything, who plays. And then she's also coaching Team Anderson, Team Canada. So she's probably been the most active in it. But, you know, we're, we're always around it. And I'm um, just looking forward to getting, uh, getting back on the ice or behind the glass uh, coaching Alyssa again next year. Do you do you watch a lot of games? And, and when you do, do you sit down and watch a game front to back or do you sort of get more engaged in the later ends? Uh, I, I do. I do watch. And in fact, I actually thought this year was probably the most that I've watched with, uh, with the bubble going on between down in Calgary, between uh, the, the Scotties and the Briar and then the Canadian mix and uh, the men's world. Then we've got the women's world coming up. So I, I've actually watched more than I have in the past. Um, I think it's because, you know, I'm, I'm home, right? I'm not out doing stuff with the kids as much, and so it's nice to have a break and be able to see something different on TV. So I've, I've really enjoyed it. I thought uh, Calgary's done a fantastic job at, at putting this on, Curling Canada, and just, you know, all the players and, and officials and uh, the ice crews that, you know, you think about how long they're down there for to put this thing on. It's just incredible. Um, but it's, it's given us as curling fans something great to watch for a couple months. Yeah, there's been some great shot making. Botcher made a great shot to get three in the tenth against the Russian Curling Federation this afternoon, but then ultimately he lost eight seven in the eleventh. I, I want to ask you about you know some of those shots and some of the things you've seen. I have a question for you, and I've read a little bit about this, Dave. You're you're probably going to laugh at me because this is the total uh, ignorant uh, type of question. What is this LSD? that I see next to teams' names, and sometimes they do a ranking. <laughs> well, oh, I don't know what that is. Yeah, it, it's something that's come into play over the last couple of years. It's last stone draw. So essentially, you know, it, it, it's used to determine who starts the game with last rock. It used to be kind of where you'd go into an event and you knew before the event started that for six of the games you're going to have last stone advantage to like the hammer to start the game and six games you won't now it's it's skill-based so you do two players or sometimes as one player does a draw to the button and you measure those distances and that's uh that's then used to determine who will have last rocks like the better teams will will have last rock advantage to start the game a lot more times than not and then it's also used in tie-breaking scenarios so you know if you've got and, and it's kind of looking like that at the men's worlds where you're going to have four maybe five teams that are battling it out for a spot or two so it'll be all sorts of complicated things head-to-head records and you know obviously win-loss records and then eventually it could get to the last stone draw cumulative total to see who advances to where so it's it's a big deal because if you had three or four teams that are tied for top spot and you know one team gets a uh, you know a buy right to first place another one's down in fourth or fifth that's a big difference so it would almost be like 
uh, like saying a tiebreaker in hockey, there'd be shootouts before the season even started. And then your shootout percentage could break a tie at the end of the year. Yeah, exactly. And and that's, you know, and that's, I mean, but part of it too is that teams practice before the games. So it's not like in, you know, for, for most of the people that are average curling fans or curlers, like they go to their club and they step out on the ice and, you know, just start, start throwing and you're thinking, well, how could they hit the button every time? But they, they've got 10 minutes of practice, both teams. So the ice gets really fast. And then they've got the last stone draw. So, you know, they should be close. But, yeah, that's basically what it is. Okay. I'm glad you explained that. Now that makes a lot more sense. Did you get to see the end of the game this afternoon between Botcher and RCF? I did. Yeah, I was watching that. Uh, that's, that's the benefit, I guess, of working at home these days. My office is here, so I get to go sit on the couch and watch some curling while I'm working. So I, I did see that, and that was just, I mean, that's such a botcher shot to make in the 10th end for three. I mean, he, he just looks at it, and you're, you can see it in his eyes. You're like, he's going to make this, and just no problem. And then it gets to the extra end, and uh, um, yeah, it was interesting, right? I mean, it was it was very close to stealing that win. The sweepers for the, the RCF Russia just 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 got far enough well yeah and i because I, I i was watching during this the second intermission and then the game was ending at the start of the third so i was actually kind of flipping back and forth because i, I want to see the last shot and the russian skip had a draw he just needed a bite of the eight foot to win and he was super light and his sweepers had to pull it in it didn't even make the eight foot but it was it was just barely closer than the canadian rock in the 12th so mm-hmm. when a guy is that light on a draw was that is in your experience is that nerves is that just a physical error at the wrong time what what is it uh, you know it's it is a little bit of nerves it's overthinking things uh it, the ice conditions later in the game actually get more challenging to make that draw if you're down the middle where they call the slide path it's like you know imagine just running it over time and time again with your slider you're breaking that pebble down and it actually gets it actually gets slower so then you go out to the wings where it's wider and the pebbles fresher so now you're thinking oh it's faster out here i'll pull a bit of weight off and then you know it, it gets a little bit tricky like brendan actually got caught in his last shot right down the middle where it's a little bit slower if he put his rock where he wanted which would have been uh, about two feet further so just you know just biting that eight foot they they uh they would have won that game right so he was a little bit light and then uh the other skip a little bit light too but you know fortunately for for russia anyways they got their uh, sweepers on it and got it there but uh yeah nerves nerves it's nerves i mean they they don't miss that shot uh in the fourth end but you still have to make it in the 11th end so as you got more uh, veteran in your career, more seasoned, that makes more sense. And I mean, you played in dozens of big games, Briar, Worlds, all the, all the events. Did you, was there a point where you stopped feeling nervous? No, <laughs> you always feel <laughs> nervous, but um, you know, here's the hard thing for me watching this is that, the bigger the event for me anyways, and this is just my experience, the bigger the event, the more people in the stands, just the better I felt and the more focused I was. So it's like kind of opposite. The more noise and the more distractions, the more excitement, the better I felt. And I, I think I would find this very difficult being in uh, an arena right now like this that's dead quiet. There's nobody in the stands. You make a great shot. Nobody cheers. Um, and it's just you and and nothing else is going on uh when you throw those shots so i personally think it'd be really challenging and so i give a lot of credit to the players when i watch some of these shots that are being made they 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 definitely feed off the crowd and uh it's a different experience at this event 
Yeah, I, I'm glad you brought that up. And, and, and that, that shot Botcher made to tie. And if people haven't seen it, watch the highlights tonight, or I'm, I'm sure you can get the video on Twitter or social media. Uh, the, like a, a raised double takeout to score three to tie it in a Canadian rink. Like that would have been a standing ovation with the crowd still cheering by the time the extra end would have started. Instead, it's like the guys whoop and high five and then they got to get back to work. Yeah, it's 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 really strange. You're right. The place would have gone absolutely nuts. Enough of memories are made of. Like that's what you play for. And now it's like you got your four teammates. I think it was in the mixed doubles. I was watching uh, one of the players, uh, Brett Glant, who who plays at Brad Gushu. I think he made a, a shot where he threw it and then he swept it and he made a great shot and then he turned around and gave himself a cheer. Like, <laughs> but what, <laughs> like what else are you gonna do, right? It's it, it's yeah, it's tough because these guys play their whole lives to be in events like this. Um, and, uh, you know, like I said, Botchers, well, we, we kind of know his story. He's lost three bar finals and he finally wins, uh, one and he plays in Canada, like a dream come true. And there's nobody in the stands. It, it's just, that's tough. I mean, same thing for, uh, Carrie Anderson, right? They, they won last year, didn't get to go to the worlds. Now they win again and they're in an empty building. So it's always amazing to have a maple leaf on your back. There's, there's nothing better. Uh, except for having it on your back and having the fans behind you. Okay, so, I mean, you played, obviously, all over the world, and you're a three-time world champ, four-time Briar champ, so so you're in worlds multiple times. What, I'll I'll ask you the first question, and then you'll know the the follow-up question, (laughs) which which might be harder to answer. Best foreign country to curl in? Best foreign country to curl in? That's That's a really good question. Um... Yeah, well, we we had uh, uh, an absolutely amazing time playing in a Bonspiel in Spain once. Uh, we actually didn't even know what we were playing for. We we got invited to this thing and we went and played it, and uh, it was the modified Henkel system or something like that they had for points. We won all our games and still weren't guaranteed to be in the final. It was very strange. And then when we won the whole event, we like our our families were really excited because like you know we're coming home with like a good payday. And turns out we had some, uh, some some a bottle of wine for each of us. I think it was homemade wine. So, but we had a really great time there. It was it was fantastic. Um, Wait a minute! How but, did you not know what the stakes were? <laughs> I think Randy probably convinced us to go in it, and uh, you know we just kind of trusted him on that. Turns out it wasn't really a very good prize after all. But we had a really good time there. Um, but uh, you know what? I would say playing playing in Switzerland as far as like you know the different clubs that they have there and some of them are in the mountains and they've got, you know, glass walls where you're looking over the mountains and you're on the curling ice. Like it's, it, it really is the most beautiful place to play. Though. I, I really enjoyed, enjoyed going to Switzerland. Well, I got a question for the next time Randy's on. That's, uh, <laughs> that's, that's, that's going to happen for, for that some the point. Photo, the photo on the beach in Nice. That's a good one too. Oh my God. Was it wasn't a nude beach, was it? <laughs> Okay. Okay, that's two for Randy for next time. Uh, okay, well, I'm not. I, I won't word it that rudely. I won't say the worst country to curl in, but there are obviously you would have gone to some worlds or events, uh, international events, where there wouldn't have been the hype and the attendance like um, there would have been in Canada, where maybe you did have to manufacture that energy, even if there were some fans in the stands. Yeah, and, and that's true. I mean, you do have to sort of build that energy. We're we're pretty fortunate to play um, uh, two of our worlds in Canada, so one in Victoria, one in Winnipeg. 
we played a world in Bismarck, North Dakota. So it was just south of where I grew up in Winnipeg. And we had great fans that came down and traveled there for that. So that was, that was great. I think the only world that was pretty, pretty quiet for us uh, was in Lausanne, Switzerland. And so, like I, like I said, I loved going to Switzerland, but it wasn't, uh, wasn't, it, it was our first world. And um, yeah, definitely was uh, probably more like what you're seeing here in Calgary, where there just isn't a lot of fans. And um, the few that were there were definitely not cheering for us. So um, yeah, that probably would have been the one, I suppose. All right. And before I let you go, and by the way, Toronto just scored to go up 3-1 on the Canadians. What, we know Canada's always favored. Botcher's at, at three losses, so we really can't afford another one here. He's up 2 nothing on Sweden now in the third. Who who are a couple other contenders? I know there are a few teams, you know, six, seven, eight wins. Who are a couple other contenders, though, that you think look really dangerous this week? Well, it, you know, there's there's so many teams that are all bunched together at the top right now with, with two or three losses. If, if Botcher can win this game against Sweden, brings them down to three losses. I think there's five teams that are all all there but um you know i definitely would say right now if i was if i was betting i'd be you know i'd be putting money on botcher i mean they just seem to come through they've got the best sweepers in the world by a mile uh when he's on there's there's absolutely nobody better but you know i think um i, I definitely think adini's three-time world champion uh he's going to be right there um and uh and the other team that definitely looks scary at times like scary good would be scotland they're you know they're just these these younger guys that have absolutely no fear of anything um almost to the point of being like disrespect not just dis- you know a little disrespectful because they don't they don't think you're better than them um and uh when they're on they're they're really tough to beat so i i would kind of say those would be my three favorites scotland sweden and and canada Okay. David, always love having you on the show. Uh, all the best to you and the family and your continued involvement with, with curling. I don't know you guys are working so hard to bring the next generation uh, along as well, which is really important. It's always a pleasure to have you on Inside Sports, hopefully uh, in studio next year. If we can hey, get back to normal, sound fair, right on. Look forward to it. Thanks, Reed. That is that is David Nedowin on Inside Sports tonight, four-time Briar champ, three-time world champ. little perspective on what's going on in Calgary and some memories from his career. I did not know that. He hadn't told me that before, that they went to a bond spiel in Spain and had no idea what the prize was going to be. They just went, and they each got a bottle of wine. That eh, was probably good wine. Back after the break. Game winner this afternoon for McDavid to go along with three assists. Dreisaitl had a hat trick in an assist. Oilers over the Senators 4-2. Get more on that on 630ched.com, globalnews.ca. Tomorrow, Oilers now with Bob Stoffer from noon to 2. And then 3.30 p.m. face-off show game at 5. Once again, the Oilers and the Senators. No game now for Edmonton on Friday. Remember, the schedule's been adjusted this week. Saturday at Calgary. That's an 8 o'clock puck drop. Don't forget, starting tomorrow, you can go to HockeyCanada.ca and check out Episode 1 of the documentary Our Game, a World Junior Championship documentary following Team Canada throughout the 2021 World Juniors starting with the selection camp in Red Deer and then into the bubble that was here in Edmonton. We had Edmonton-based filmmaker Adam Scorgi on the show last night talking about this, one of the producers of uh, our game. So it's going to be episode one tomorrow, episode two next Thursday. 
and episode three on April 22nd. And if you have uh, TELUS, uh, TELUS TV, what do they call that? Is that the Optic, Kellen? Optic TV? Optic TV, yeah. Yeah, so the TELUS TV, uh, and I believe it'll be on, uh, uh, you can find it on YouTube as well. Mm -hmm. Looking looking forward to seeing that. Okay. All right. Just a final check of the scoreboard. Uh, Speaking of curling now, 2-1, Canada leading Sweden after three. 3-1, the Leafs leading the Canadians with six minutes to go. Blues up 2-0 on the Golden Knights after one. Also after one, Minnesota all over the Avalanche, 3-0, outshooting the Avs, 9-4, later Coyotes and Kings. Okay, thanks a lot to Dave Campbell. He's the producer of Inside Sports. Kellen Kennedy, your studio producer this evening. I'll talk to you at 3.30 tomorrow afternoon as the Oilers try to go 9-for-9 against the Ottawa Senators. Adler's next. My name's Reed. Have a great night. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.